Hey guys, welcome to the Learn Feng Shui podcast, where you'll learn feng shui from a classical point of view, taking out the myth and superstition. So if you're interested in learning feng shui, Chinese astrology, all things Chinese metaphysics, as well as the superstitions and myths that connect it all, you'll enjoy learning feng shui with me. Hey guys, today we're going to talk about days that you don't want to do feng shui or practice Chinese metaphysics. According to Chinese metaphysics, there's actually certain days that it's not recommended to practice feng shui or do readings. So this belief does stem from the concept of qi, which is vital energy, and we believe that it flows through everything. So on these particular days, this qi is believed to be too low, making it unfavorable for engaging in feng shui practices or conducting readings. And it's believed that during these times, the energy is not conductive to positive outcomes, maybe have a negative impact or just be inaccurate. And so therefore, practitioners of Chinese metaphysics advise avoiding these activities on specific days to ensure the best result in feng shui practices and readings. So this does include practices like feng shui activations, divination, reading, casting charts, card readings, you know, stuff like that. So important activities like bed positioning should also be avoided. And in some cases, burial, if you're practicing the in-house feng shui. So let's get into what these days are and, you know, what all they mean, right? Let's get into it. So you know how we have our natal charts and we have different zodiac signs and those zodiac signs are also accompanied by a um, an element. Okay, so the zodiac cycle is actually composed of a combination between the 12 zodiac signs and the 10 elements or what is called the heavenly stems. So this actually makes a total of 60 different zodiac signs and those are called the 60 Jia Z. And that actually translates to wood rat. And so at the very beginning of the cycle is a wood rat. You know, it's it literally starts with wood rat, but it ends with the water pig. And so it is advised to not do readings, feng shui, and practice different Chinese metaphysics on a day that is a water pig day. The chi is said to be depleted and kind of like the um, explanation that I offered at the beginning, it's just said that there's no chi in, in, you know, the, the universe, I guess the chi is said to be going away and it's just not going to be conductive like there's no chi to gain. So if you do functional activation, stuff like that, they're supposed to be in, ineffective. And so, yeah, do not practice Chinese metaphysics on a water pig day. The next one is going to be also zodiac sign, but not a specific one, uh, like a water pig, like I just talked about, but just in general, the rat. So the rat hours and days are also supposed to not be conductive for doing Chinese metaphysics. So you're not supposed to divine, especially do readings during the rat time, which is 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. And the reason for this that I've, I've heard, which is kind of hard to explain, it actually straddles the day. And so if you, you'll notice the rat hours from 11 p.m. and it goes to 1 a.m. And so there's like a night rat and like a morning rat. And so it's like the energy is divided and the chi is distorted. And so if you do readings during this time, Time or practice feng shui during rat days it says you know it's supposed to be an inaccurate reading and so just wait till the time is over if somebody asks you a question like if you do card readings and stuff like that and somebody asks you at 11 p.m you know between those hours from 11 p.m to 1 a.m then why don't you wait until after 1 a.m and then you can do your card reading or throw your your rune stuff whatever whatever kind of reading you do you know but yeah it said to not practice um especially readings during the rat hours, but also to not conduct feng shui audits and stuff like that during rat days. 
The next one is going to be Qingming. So you're going to want to avoid practicing Chinese metaphysics during this time. And so if you have been listening since April, I did a little thing on the Qingming, which is the Tumi Sweeping Festival. It's generally a time where the springtime, they'll kind of go in and uh, clean the ancestor tombs and kind of venerate them, maybe do some offerings and stuff like that. And it is said that there is a, it's a time of year where the Yin Qi overtakes the Yang Qi and the energy with the yin is very strong, like the ghostly energy. And so you may pick up on spirits during this time. And again, uh, this usually occurs right around April 4th, 5th, or 6th. It's supposed to be the 15th day after the spring equinox, I guess. But generally it's marked by, you know, that, that solar term called clear and bright and the beginning of the month of April. Okay. <laughs> so again, the yin chi is just said to overtake the yang chi. And um, interestingly enough, um, if you are using a Lopan, one of those Chinese compasses they use for feng shui, that has like all the formulas on it with a little compass in the middle, um, you can actually pick up on spirits on those. And so I've only had it happen once and it was not during Qingming. I think the lady just had a ghost. <laughs> Apparently she, she had, um, I, I told her what was happening. So basically the compass won't settle. So it'll either go back and forth and just keep moving the little compass needle or it'll go up and down or it'll keep spinning around and then you know that there's some sort of ghostly activity in the area and when I was out there trying to do my reading I mentioned to the homeowner and she was like you know I've had my ring doorbell go off and nobody's there uh, and I've had my light you know like like go on and off or whatever and so she's already had some ghostly activity and I was picking up on it in that area with the low pan and I just thought that was so fascinating <laughs> so um, again this can probably happen more during the Qingming or tomb sweeping festival um, because again that yin energy is just said to be very strong and uh, it might just make your feng shui reading, especially with your low pant, inaccurate. And I know that I've done a episode on this because um, I like to incorporate date selection, although it's very difficult. You know, I try and incorporate easy concepts of date selection because, um, I mean, there's one, there's tons of different styles of date selection, depending on what kind of school you go to. So there can be different variances and it can be you know, something that you, maybe if you've learned date selection that it differs from what you learn. And so I try not to get into the specifics. Um, these are kind of general things that kind of are universally agreed upon. And so um, I know I've done an episode on this before, but the days before the solstices and the equinoxes are said to not be conductive to practicing metaphysics. And so the day before winter and summer solstice and the day before spring and autumn equinox is said to not be conductive because the chi is actually depleted and waning. And so it's draining away and it's making room for a new season. So it's like that season is gone and all the chi is gone out of the, the earth energy, you know, that that's shifting. Um, I've heard it called the changing of guards, you know, so it's like a, like a shifting period, you know, say, um, so yeah, wait till the new season is established and then you can conduct your, your business. And so, yeah, that's, that's really the, the, the times you're supposed to avoid doing that so no chi so this is supposed to not be very conductive for metaphysics so including with this these aren't necessarily days you want to avoid but these are things you want to avoid when you're doing a reading because it can make your reading inaccurate and so i know that a lot of times like i've i've done where i've gone to like um, set up a little booth and I've done readings. Maybe I've done, I do Yijing readings. And then I, sometimes I do the destiny analysis or the birth readings, you know, the birth chart readings. And so, um, 
people, you know, a lot of times when people come to you for a reading, it doesn't matter what kind you do. Maybe you do tarot or palm reader or whatever, right? When people come to you for a reading, usually it's because there's kind of something going on and they have questions about something in life. Um, but some of those big questions should not be asked you know, it's like, it just shouldn't be asked. There's some sort of karma involved where you're not supposed to ask these questions, you know? Um, and it generally will come back on you as a reader. <laughs> so, um, things you should never ask about cheating spouses. <laughs> so if you ever have somebody ask you about a cheating spouse and you do readings, do not do that reading. Um, it's always going to come back on you because if the answer is yes, then it's going to come back on you. You're going to look like the bad person. You're going to get blamed. Also, if you're asking about that, think about how that's going to make you feel if the answer is yes. And so just for the sake of argument, we never ask about cheating spouses. This was actually in a, um, a chi min class I took. I took a class on chi min, which is like a chart casting. Um, and one of the things we're told to never talk, you know, never look at or cast a chart about is a cheating spouse. Um, it's just not supposed to be done. You know, there's, there's certain, like a certain level of like, maybe like morality or a certain level of like ethics. And so you're just not supposed to answer this question and you're not supposed to ask somebody about that. Okay. That's kind of your karma. That's your deal. If you feel like your partner is cheating, maybe it's time to have a conversation with them and not, um, not a card reader. Okay. <laughs> the next is repeating questions. And I see this all the time. I'm on a lot of, um, the Chi Min forums. So Chi Min again, is just a chart casting and it's supposed to be very accurate. But, um, what happens is usually somebody will ask a question. If they don't get the answer, they like, they'll ask the same question as somebody else and expect a different answer because there's a different, you know, maybe a different chart pooled. Right. And so you can't keep repeating the same questions and asking, you know, if you don't like the card that's pulled or if you don't like the answer that's given that you, you go to someone else and ask the question again, because, um, you've got your question. <laughs> it's not to be repeated. It's like, you don't like the, the answer, you know, it doesn't mean the universe has changed its mind. And so, especially when we're doing card readings, um, I noticed, like I said, I'll do Eugene card readings and I will pull up the exact same, same card sometimes, or I'll even drop that card. And it's like, okay, no, it's the same answer. Okay. You can't just keep asking different questions because you don't like the answer. So don't, don't do that. Especially if you're getting a reading, don't, don't do that. So don't ask a question if you are unfocused or unclear on what your question is, if that makes sense. So I've, I've had this happen before too, where I'm trying to do some reading, but the person's kind of like, well, just tell me something, tell me a happy story, you know, just tell me something good. And that makes it a little bit hard to get an accurate reading because it's like your focus isn't there. So I'm not picking up on like some sort of like, you know, psychic energy of certain focus. I don't know how to explain it's, it's very hard unless you yourself do do readings, you know, it's like you automatically sometimes pick up on something. Right. And so if your energy is not focused, then you're not going to be able to ask a question that is going to be able to benefit you. Or if you're just kind of unclear on what you want, you're like, Oh, just tell me a happy story. Um, that you may feel like that reading was inaccurate or you didn't get anything out of it. Okay. And so, um, I think the best example of this is one day I was doing a, a class and we were kind of talking about, um, you know, seeing if we could pick up just by partnering up with somebody. Right. And so I partnered up with this, this girl and 
I just felt like she was so distracted. I was like, I can't, I can't seem to pick up on anything from you. You know, I don't, I don't know, know what to think. And I relayed this to her and she was like, oh my gosh, I'm just so distracted right now. <laughs> She's like, I'm so distracted. She actually had some, some issues. Uh, I think her, our family member was, uh, you know, in hospice. And so I was like, okay, so let's, let's refocus. And, and again, I was like, I can't seem to pick up on anything. I was like, I feel like you're not focused. And she was like, I'm not. And so that's just, that example always stands out to me because I've had it happen other times too, where people are just kind of unfocused and it's not clear what they want. And it just leads to inaccurate reading or maybe even just unsatisfying reading. So really be clear on what you want when you ask a question, when you're getting a reading. Another time you'll get inaccurate reading is if you ask about illegal activities. Remember that I do believe in karma and I do believe sometimes we don't have that ability to change <laughs> somebody else's destiny or to warn them about things that are going to happen. So if you are thinking about doing something illegal <laughs> and you're asking about that, then again, you might get an inaccurate answer and that karma is just going to going to fall on you anyway. So it might be something where I'm like, okay, all things will be clear or all things, you know, no obstacles, whatever you're in the clear, but you might still end up getting in trouble because you're doing something wrong. Okay. So I haven't had this happen. So just don't ask, don't ask about illegal activities to a reader. <laughs> Another question you cannot ask is about death. So you can't ask when somebody's going to die. You can't try to forecast death. Um, that is very, to me, it's very immoral. And so again, I do feel like as a practitioner, we do have sort of a code of ethics. And I mean, we were promised, like I said, when I took the Chi Men class, we were told there are certain things you do not read. And one of them is death. And so it's just upholding my promise to my, my Chi Men teacher <laughs> that I'm not going to you know, try to look or divine for those things. So, um, death is just something that, you know, I mean, yeah, we can't really, we can't really do, um, even if I were to look and, you know, make some sort of guess on a prediction, I'm not sure that it would even be accurate because again, there's this universal chi, like this checks and balance system. Right. And again, I do believe in, in, in a karma of sorts. And so if you warn somebody of a death or something like that, I mean, how, is that going to come back on you? You know, that's, that's sort of your own karma. It's, it's not mine. If I take that on, you know, maybe we're messing with something we shouldn't. So never ask about the death. Not necessarily one you can't divine or don't want to, but I always say, take a second thought when we are looking at a health reading. And so, I mean, kind of the way I've heard it explained is that when we're messing with somebody's health, that maybe that is part of their karma or they're supposed to learn a lesson from, you know, some sort of illness. But if we take that away from them, you know, maybe we incur that karma or that karmic debt. So, um, I feel like a lot of the listeners probably have some sort of practice. Maybe you practice metaphysics or do Reiki or something like that. So just be very cautious and try and keep your energy up. If you're doing health readings, not that you can't do it, but just be cautious of it. And also we can't make health claims, you know, we're not doctors, so we can't do that. <laughs> 
And the last one is to not ask a frivolous question. This is going to be inaccurate or you're going to get a silly response from the universe. And so when I was taking my Yi Jing class, um, even if you read the book of changes, it'll talk, it'll, you know, kind of tell you, like, if you ask a frivolous or silly question, you're going to get a frivolous or silly answer. And so uh, one of the examples, like I said, when I took my Yi Jing class was that the teacher told us to not ask you know, it's just part of it, right? Again, this morality or this kind of moral compass we have to go by as a practitioner, right? And so um, he was kind of relaying this to us. And he said that he saw a girl one day ask in the class he was teaching if she was pretty. And it just gave her like a silly response. <laughs> and then he had us ask. I was like, oh, God. Uh, luckily, I got an okay card. So I guess I'm not a, a complete troll. <laughs> and so... But yeah, if you ask a silly question, you're going to get a silly answer. And I think the last thing I'll tell you is don't be asking about hooking up with people. <laughs> I think To me, I feel like that's a little bit manipulative. Um, I'm not going to say names, but I knew, or I know, I mean, I know somebody that practices Chinese metaphysics. Um, and I was told that they, I don't want to even want to give the gender away, <laughs> but I was told that they... Uh, and them and their friends will do the achievement chart, especially with, you know, when talking to like a new potential, you know, love interest that they'll do achievement charts um, and they'll kind of use that to manipulate the situation so they can hook up, which I thought was super crappy. Um, yeah, don't do that. Like, don't be a douche and do that. Okay. <laughs> There's just certain, again, we just need to follow a little bit of a morality uh, compass when we're practicing metaphysics. Okay. Don't use it to manipulate people. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick sponsor break and when we come back. We're going to do our Folklore Friday segment in honor of the Ghost Month and Hungry Ghost Festival occurring. Um, and it's from Taoist Sorcery and it's called When a Ghost Wants You to Die for It. So doesn't that sound yeah, interesting, right? The victims of an untimely death become ghosts who seek out mortals to take their place. And if such a ghost can incite another to die from the same means it becomes its substitute, then it will be freed from suffering as a ghost and it can be reborn. When a ghost wants you to die for it. A little bit of a trigger warning before we begin. Um, I do cover topics, suicide and death. When a person suddenly dies, his or her original death time is not yet reached and the soul can't make its way to heaven or hell. And the dead is not given the benefit of a normal funeral, but instead a special ritual must be conducted on his or her behalf. It is extremely dangerous to the other human beings at the place of the unnatural death. Their problem is most people in the world don't know or believe what the Chinese know, as in ghosts of the unnatural death need to seek substitutes to replace his or her position at that location of the unnatural or violent death. Another problem is, even if they know they can't access the proper prayer rituals or spiritually transcend the soul of the unnatural death. And so there's three types of unnatural death. There's actually three types of unnatural death. And it says here, number one, a person who takes his or her own life and of course, trigger warning on, on suicide. Okay. So when a person died by committing suicide, his or her soul cannot enter heaven nor hell. And the actual time of death is not up yet. So the hell gate does not allow him or her to enter. And so when we talk about hell gates, um, within the Taoist beliefs, it is believed that 
there's different levels of hell, kind of like Dante's Inferno. And it's not a place where bad people go, but more along the lines of a place that you, you, you everyone just goes, okay? So not a bad connotation. Um, but again, there's different levels. So the spirit of the person is stuck at the same spot of death to repeat the suicide experience again and again. And the ghosts will need to lure an unlucky human to die in the same manner to replace the ghost as a substitute in order for the ghost to move on for reincarnation or birth. And when we think about that implication, it seems fairly grim that the ghost would, you know, impart another person to commit suicide in the same manner they did at the same place. So kind of, kind of grim, but honestly, if you kind of think about it, I do believe in predecessor Chi and I know there's some accounts of hauntings and stuff like that, where people do die in the same manner, which seems a little bit disturbing. Number two, death caused by another human being as in a murder or an automobile accident. So the spot where a fatal accident has occurred will likely be the site uh, of more similar instances. So a person who causes another person's death places himself in grave danger as a spirit is most likely to seek vengeance because the soul of the dead died unwillingly. So the ghost will need to capture another soul in order to replace it before it can move on for reincarnation. And number three, death caused just by a malicious spirit. It says when a ghost causes the death of a human being, it's usually either to seek revenge or lure a human to die in order to replace his position so that it can move on. And here it gives some examples, which I think is pretty interesting. It talks about how on July 2005, a police officer died playing Russian roulette with his own revolver on the fourth story of a gymnasium. And then on July 16, 2019, another police officer killed himself with a gunshot in the same police station. So it does kind of note here, it took the ghost 14 years to find a substitute. So that is believed to be what happened according to, to Taoist belief. So the reservoir, uh, another one here on a reservoir in uh, Bidok, I think it's pronounced. A reservoir was labeled as a suicide destination. It saw an unprecedented spate of deaths in 2011 to 2012. The first death was reported and uh, it says here, um, this gets a little gruesome, when the decomposed lower half of a Chinese national was found and news reports say the uh, apprentice mechanic was depressed after coming to Singapore and told his mother he would die by jumping in the river. And then on September 22nd of that year, the bodies of, uh, let's see here, um, two people were found. It was a mother and an infant, and I don't really want to go into the details of that. So we'll just leave it there. Um, and then it says here over the next year, five other bodies were found in that same reservoir. And it kind of makes me think of places like the suicide forest in Japan that just seem to have some sort of chi or energy that makes people want to go there to commit, commit that act. It does say here that surprisingly, the government did take initiative to engage a spiritual service and do a spiritual cleansing on that haunted spot. It says here representatives from the interreligious organization held a prayer session at that reservoir in 2011. And it, that was requested by the former foreign minister, uh, George Yu, Yao, Yu uh, who was a member of parliament for the area. 
It does say here, though, there are many other haunted places in Singapore that have similar deaths that happen in several locations. So keep track of the news and you will notice a pattern. Or if you kind of do your own research, it says that you'll notice certain things happening on, you know, the same, I guess the same energy is carried over, basically. And again, I covered this in the ghost marriage when I talked about that. Um, be careful of what you say, especially during ghost month. I, I will cover, there's some things that you're like some taboos during ghost month, which I'm going to put up, uh, probably in the next, you know, couple weeks or so. Um, but here it does say here, you have to be careful of what you say. And it says one man happened to pass by a graveyard and saw a photo of a lady on a tombstone. And he said, what a beautiful lady. If she were alive, I'd want her to be my wife. But a few days later, he rode his motorcycle in the opposite direction on the road and died in an accident. And it does say that this is something called ghost covering eyes. His father went to consult the deity um, in trance of a spirit medium. Okay, so I guess he had someone channel or, um, you know, a, a medium to speak with this deity and was told by the deity that a female ghost had took the life of her husband because he, she wanted him. And then a ghost wedding ritual was performed. The Taoist master that uh, wrote this article and has this website does have some final thoughts here. And he says, even a genuine feng shui master who's based in classical feng shui, yet without the knowledge of this and skill of a Taoist sorcerer, doesn't know how to solve the problems of a haunted house and even if it's good feng shui location. So I do agree with that because I feel like I would be totally unqualified if somebody called me and they were like, hey, I have a haunted house. Like, you better call this Taoist sorcery guy because I don't know. Uh, you know, even though I've, I've done some kind of an episode, I have like a yearly episode I rotate around, around Halloween about feng shui and haunted houses. There's some things you want to look for, but there are certain things that I would not know what to look for. And he does say here in certain countries, especially countries with the majority who are Chinese, such as Taiwan and Hong Kong by law, the previous owner, previous owners must inform the potential buyers that a house is haunted by a, a natural death or a murder or suicide case in Singapore property agents and home sellers are not bound by law to disclose suicide and murder deaths that have taken place in the home. And so I think that does make a point in some parts of the country here in the U S we, they do have to disclose that in some places they do not. So it just does good to do a little research before you, you know, look at home buying as if home buying wasn't stressful enough in this, you know, time of history, right? You know, you have to also take into consideration whether your house is going to be haunted or not. <laughs> it does say here in conclusion and, you know, from, from this author's perspective, it says here that after reading the article, now you know why ghosts of haunted places can't move on with their deaths. Not that they don't want to, it's because they can't. And that if you really want to get rid of a spirit in a location you do need somebody that's spiritually trained maybe a taoist or buddhist spiritual master or a taoist spirit medium and it says that they can do that tr spiritual transcending ritual to help free the soul of the person that might be stuck and i think that's a great point because you know you do need to hire somebody that's trained again just that's that's my advice hire somebody that is knowledgeable in the spiritual practice of you know, clearing a property of a spirit. So one thing I was kind of coming to mind as I was doing this episode is that HBO show Ghosts, um, the the British version, not the American version. I haven't, I haven't watched the American version, but the British version. So if you haven't seen the show, basically there's ghosts living in this old home 
that this woman inherits. And one of the ghosts actually push her out a window and she bumps her head and gets a sort of concussion. When that happens, she's actually able to see the ghosts and interact with them after that. <laughs> and it's just, they seem to be stuck and they just can't move on. You know, the spirits just are stuck there for some unknown reason. Some spirits are stuck there. Well, other spirits have been able to move on and they don't really understand why. But there is a scene in one of the episodes where she's, wants to sell that house and move into a different home and she's looking around and everywhere she looks has a spirit and it kind of gives you food for thought that it makes you wonder what's unseen around us that maybe doesn't even bother us but might just be there anyway all right guys i hope you enjoyed today's episode i had fun doing this episode i thought it was a pretty interesting topic so you know that's just me so <laughs> again if you listen on spotify i do have a little poll down below and i always ask like what you think of each episode and um i i look through those they're kind of hard to see but so i'll have to find them and like look through them but thank you guys so much that you know for the ones that comment and uh give thoughts and feedback on the show i do appreciate that and i do see that it's just i there's not a way to reply. It's just, I can see it. Okay. Um, but again, if you want to message me and get a hold of me, if you need anything, just uh, shoot me an email. That's really the best way to get a hold of me. Maybe I should put my WhatsApp number there. You could just message me on WhatsApp. Uh, I don't know. Y'all let me know um, in those Spotify comments below or just email me. All links are included below. I'll catch you guys next week. For a free energy mapping of your floor plan, please check the link in the show notes. To support today's podcast, go to learnfengshui.com, sign up for emails, leave a review, and share with your family and friends.